reaching Israel and the world and the world. Shalom, Yeridim. God bless you, my beloved friends. Welcome today to this edition of Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Cynthia Marjorie, my love, so good to minister with you once again today. It's good to be here. And we just want to thank all of our family out there, the ones that have been helping the ministry, supporting it with their financial gifts and their prayers. You guys are making a difference. We are seeing the fruit of it. There's testimonies coming in from all over the world, salvations, people giving their hearts to the Lord when they hear the voice of God through this program. You're making a difference and we can't do it without you. So thank you. Amen, amen, praise God. Today, honey, we're continuing our study in the Song of Songs, Shir HaShirim. Yes. And we're looking today at the phenomenon of what happens when the Lord is speaking to us by His Word and His Spirit, and we don't yield to Him. Right. We don't say yes to Him. Yeah. And today, as we study the Song of Songs, this journey into divine love, what we're gonna find is that when we willfully say no to God, he separates himself from us in terms of withdrawing his manifest presence so that we no longer feel fellowship with him. Right, right. It's an awful feeling, but we all have to go through it to learn how we really move the heart of God. And he wants us to move with him. And so I pray that today, as you're watching the broadcast, your heart would be moved to follow him. Amen. I'm excited today, beloved ones, as we begin season five of our journey into divine love as we're studying the Song of Songs. I wanna encourage you to go back and get the first four seasons, all the episodes that I've delivered on this word. This word will change your life, I guarantee it. Those that will receive this word, it will change you. It is the most beautiful expression of King Jesus as our bridegroom in the entire Word of God. As I've said on earlier episodes, the ancient rabbis consider this the holy of holies of the Bible. It's a prophetic love song that illustrates God's love for his people. Of course, the original characters, King Solomon, his Shulamite bride, they were historical figures, but that's not ultimately what this word's about. Ultimately, the Song of Songs is directing us to understand how intimately Father loves us through King Jesus and how beautiful we are to Him. Now, in my earlier episodes, I talked about how the Shulamite bride was immersed in the Father's presence, immersed in Jesus' presence in such a way that she was completely emotionally satisfied by it. But what happened was eventually the Lord moved what he was doing in her life. He transitioned in the realm of the spirit from letting her just feeling emotionally connected as she basked there in his presence. Suddenly that scene shifted and she found that the Lord was now high up on a mountain and the Lord called her now to arise from where she was just basking in his presence under an apple tree now she had to get up and go out from under that apple tree to climb up to meet him on top of the mountain where he was standing. That's where I left off at the end of the last season. Unfortunately, she was not ready, beloved ones, to climb the mountain. 
She was not ready to come out of her comfort zone. She wasn't ready to tackle and overcome that thing that the Lord was asking her to overcome. You see, Yeshua said in the book of Revelation, chapter two and three, seven times, he who overcomes will inherit these things. Read chapters uh, two and three of the book of Revelation for yourself. You'll notice there that Jesus says seven times to him who overcomes, I will grant with me to eat from the tree of life. I will grant to him to have a name written that no one knows but he and I. Seven different promises go out to the one that overcomes seven times that's stated. That's what's happening here in the Song of Songs. The Shulamite bride had become strong enough and healthy enough in the love of her lover so that now it was time for her in the strength of that love to tackle some things in life. And the same thing that happened in her journey happens in your journey and my journey. We remember, as I said last time, as young believers, that it seemed like God was so close to us. We felt his presence oftentimes so near. We saw him doing miracles in our life. But then it seemed as time went on, we didn't feel so close to him anymore. Some of the miracles that seemed to happen for some of us almost daily, they seemed to stop. Why? Because God had confirmed his love to us enough Now it was time for us to face some challenges in life and cling to him in faith through those challenges because his power is perfected in our weakness. This is why the New Testament tells us that we should consider it all joy when we go through various trials and temptations because it's through going through the trials, beloved ones, and temptations as we cling to God, fighting to overcome in him that our faith, the scripture said, is established and perfected. You see, if we never face any difficulty, the roots of our faith will never grow deep. But God doesn't want to pamper us forever. He wants to pamper us enough for us to get strong. And then he wants to fortify that strength that he's imparted to us by bringing us through some challenges as we cling to him through those challenges. So once again, we left off last time with Jesus moving her out from under the apple tree where she was just basking in his presence, just feeling his love, feeling his embrace, just enjoying it. And then all of a sudden the the scene shifts and now Jesus is suddenly on top of a mountain and saying to her, now come along, it's time for you to come out from under that apple tree. You need to climb this mountain if you wanna remain in fellowship with me. Again, unfortunately, she wasn't willing to do that. And so the scene ended in chapter two with her saying to her, her saying to him rather, turn away my beloved and be like a gazelle. In other words, stop talking to me about this. I don't wanna hear about this right now. And she says, this happened on the mountains of Bethair. Turn away my beloved and be like a gazelle or a young stag on the mountains of Bethair. Again, refreshing you, Bethir is a Hebrew word and it means separation or disjunction. Her unwillingness to conquer the mountain, to do what was uncomfortable, to take on that challenge, to do that thing that was right, but she was not willing to do it resulted in her feeling separated from Jesus. It resulted in disunity. 
And so suddenly this experience that she had in chapters one and two, where she was feeling so immersed consciously in God's love for her when she refused to obey him, suddenly that feeling of being loved, that sense of being in his presence, it disappeared. And that's what will happen with you and I. If the Lord has specifically been putting something on your heart that he's calling you to do, maybe it's to go out and be a stronger witness for him. Maybe he's calling you to wake up early and spend time with him every morning in his word, just worshiping him, listening to devotional music. Maybe he's been calling you to break off certain relationships in social media. Maybe he's calling you to spend less time in social media. Maybe he's calling you to honor him faithfully with your ties. Maybe he's calling you to get back connected to a local church. Maybe he's calling you to treat your spouse differently than you've been treating them. Maybe he's been calling you to be less selfish. Maybe he's been talking to you about getting your anger under control. Maybe he's been calling you to be more patient with people. Whatever it is, If we did not obey him and overcome that thing, if we did not climb the mountain, as it were, by subduing the flesh or that demon that needs to be conquered, if we don't obey him and conquer that thing, what's going to happen is we're going to lose our sense of fellowship. It's going to break our fellowship with him. That's what happened to the Shulamite bride. Jesus called her to conquer the mountain. She said, no, be like a young stag, be like a gazelle, go away. I don't want to hear about this. It resulted in disunity and disjunction. She lost a sense of intimacy. So it's with that introduction that we pick up now in chapter number three, verse one. On my bed, night after night, I sought him, whom my soul loves. I sought him, but did not find him. All of a sudden, she can't feel the love of God anymore. Why? Because of disobedience. She broke the relationship through disobedience. Once again, is there something in your life that you're knowingly being disobedient about? Maybe you're in a relationship with somebody that you should not be in a relationship with. What fellowship has light with darkness? Some of you are lonely and so you get into a relationship with an unbeliever. Beloved, God does not have time for that. You need to break it off. Night after night, I sought him whom my soul loves. I sought him, but did not find him. So what did she do? The next verse says, I must arise now and go about the city in the streets and in the squares. I must seek him whom my soul loves. But again, she says, I sought him, but did not find him. Now, let me read it again all together. I want you to get what's going on. She broke fellowship by being disobedient. She realized that I can't feel him anymore. So she begins to search for him, but in her search, she can't find him. Why can't she find him? Because she's searching in the wrong place. She's not repenting and going to the mountain, conquering the thing that Jesus told her to conquer. Again, she's going into the streets and into the squares. She's going into the world, looking for him in the world, trying to cover up her disobedience, searching for him in all the wrong places. There was an old song by Keith Green, and it said, you're so proud of saying you're a seeker. But why are you searching in the dark? You won't find a thing until you soften your heart.
What many people don't realize is that when we travel overseas, we don't just do crusades and festivals at night to the general population. We actually gather hundreds and sometimes thousands of pastors where a rabbi will minister to them during the day. And to be honest, some of the greatest fruit comes from that ministry. Because when we leave, Rabbi's ministry into the pastors is going to stand for years to come in that area. I remember one of the times Rabbi was ministering to the pastors and he was challenging them to truly be a witness for Jesus in their communities versus just being a witness for Jesus in their churches. Well, one pastor heard Rabbi share this message and he came up and he testified and he said, look, I'm no longer just gonna preach in my church, but on the way to church, I'm gonna stop by the houses and in the little communities that are in my neighborhood and I'm gonna share the gospel with my community. Today, I will go back and preach in the middle of the and that's such an amazing thing to know that there is lasting fruit from these ministry trips and festivals where Rabbi is preaching the gospel of Jesus around the world. Beloved, thank you for taking time to watch the broadcast today. I truly am honored. I wanna ask you if you're being blessed by this ministry to consider becoming a monthly partner with me if you're not already. Beloved, I know you want to see two things happening. You want to personally be blessed. And secondly, you want to know that this ministry is helping other people around the globe. All I can tell you is we receive thousands of testimonies every month from all over the world of people that are getting saved and whose lives are being changed. So once again, will you prayerfully consider today becoming a monthly partner with us if you're not already? Thank you. Listen to the text again, beginning in verse number one of chapter three. On my bed, night after night, I sought him, whom my soul loves. I sought him, but did not find him. I must arise now and go about the city, in the streets and in the squares. I must seek him, whom my soul loves. I sought him, but did not find him. She wasn't seeking him by doing what the Lord was calling her to do. She was running around the world trying to find him, and you know what, it didn't work. What about you? What has God called you to repent of in your life? What has he called you to change? You're not gonna find him just by listening to worship music. You're not gonna find him by, you know, trying to drown out your sorrows in alcohol or whatever it is. You're not gonna find him in the streets and in the squares. You're not gonna find him in social media and on TV. You're only gonna find him, beloved one, and I'm only gonna find him when we do what he's asking us to do. When we conquer that thing, he's asking us to conquer. I remember years ago for me, it was anger. I finally realized that I could not blame people for my anger, that I had to own my own anger, that it wasn't somebody else's fault that I was angry, it was my fault that I was angry. And when I got a hold of that, it revolutionized my life. I remember the first time I was put to the test on this. I had finally been brought to the understanding that I needed to take responsibility for my own anger. It was breaking my relationship with the Lord and it was hurting my relationship with my family. 
And one of the things that would really set my anger off was when my wife would run late. Cynthia's just a different, you know, she's wired a lot differently than me. I'm very goal-oriented. I'm very task-oriented. Cynthia's very relational, just has a different way of looking at things. And, you know, she's actually a relationally a much stronger person than me. But there was a challenge with her being so relational and that she wasn't it may be as precise enough with maybe some of her appointments at the time. She's much, much better now. Baruch Hashem, praise the Lord. It's not become such an issue at all anymore. But I'm going back now 15 years ago. So the Lord showed me, you need to take responsibility for your anger. You need to overcome that. It's getting in the way in your fellowship with me, and it's time for you to tackle that. So I remember the Lord brought me to this place of awareness, and the first big test came when I had a really important ministry assignment. And I, I was being, uh, I was called to preach in downtown Toledo, Ohio on a Saturday for a big revival. They had actually blocked off the streets and everything. And I was the main speaker. And so it was time for Cynthia and I to leave, to drive down to, to, to the inner city of Toledo where I was going to be preaching. And I had shared, uh, you know, I shared about it with Cynthia. And, you know, um, sure enough, you know, Cynthia was late. And I was so upset. We're driving over there. Cynthia's driving. I was fuming. I was so mad. It seemed like every cell in my body just wanted to explode and scream at her. You did it to me again. You made me late. I'm the, don't you understand? But you know what? The Lord had convicted me before. He said, you need to take responsibility for your anger and stop blaming it on anybody else. So it took all the strength I had to keep from lashing out at Cynthia and yelling at her, blaming her for making me late. But I did it by the grace of God. And you know what happened? Something in me permanently changed. It took all the strength I had to keep my anger back and to not let it out. And I was obedient and somehow in that, the Lord rewired me. And it'll do the same thing for you. You are dealing with something. God is calling you to overcome that thing. And beloved, when you do, you're going to overcome and you're going to be walking at a whole new level with Jesus. Let's continue on as we get back to the text. I sought him, but did not find him. She's looking in the street. She's looking in the city. She's looking in the world. It's not solving the problem. But notice the next verse. The watchmen who make the rounds in the city found me. So now she's looking in the wrong places, but now somebody comes to her aid. I believe these watchmen are prophetic symbols of angels because it wasn't her seeking for the watchmen. The watchmen, God's angels, came to her. The watchmen who make the rounds in the city found me. And I said, have you seen him whom my soul loves? Scarcely had I left them when I found him whom my soul loves. And when she did, she said, I held on to him and would not let him go until I brought him into my mother's house and into the room of her who conceived me. So once she had suffered long enough for her disobedience, once she was an heir long enough looking in the wrong places, the Lord had mercy. And he sent these watchmen, I believe again, a prophetic shadow of angels to her. And they help her. And no longer had the angelic help left that she said, I found him whom my soul loved, I found him. And she said, once I found him, I determined in my heart, I'm gonna never let this happen again. 
I'll never make the same mistake again, King Jesus, of being disobedient to you. I never want to suffer like that again. So she says here, when I found him whom my soul loves, I held on to him and would not let him go. Let me ask you, have you come to the place in your relationship with the beautiful Lord Yeshua that in your heart you have purpose truly and deeply that you're never going to let him go? Have you been through enough ups and downs? Have you been through enough with him that you're clinging on to him and saying, I'm never going to let you go. No matter what happens to me, I'm never going to let myself be sidetracked again. I'm never going to let temptation bring me out of your love again. I have purpose and I will not relent. I will never let you go again, King Jesus. I have determined my direction. I know what my purpose is. I know who I am. I know what my identity is. I know what my calling is. I know that you, Lord Jesus, are my treasure and my portion. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Jesus, thank you for raising me and saving me and rescuing me. I will never, by the grace of God, Baruch Hashem, ever let you go again. And notice what she says next. Scarcely had I left them when I found him whom my soul loves. I held on to him and would not let him go. Listen to this. Until I brought him to my mother's house and into the room of her who conceived me. She says, I'm going to hold on to him as hard as I can. And I'm going to bring him into my mother's house and into the room where my mother conceived me. What she's saying, I'm going to bring you in now, Jesus, to the deepest places in my heart. I'm going to bring you into the deepest recesses of my soul. I'm going to bring you into the room where I was conceived, and I'm going to open my heart to you about my entire life. I'm going to share my entire journey with you. I am going to be so open to you, so transparent to you. I'm going to pour all my love upon you. I'm going to bring you into the room where I was conceived to become one forever with you. Beloved, does that describe your relationship with God? Is that what you want? That's what we're called to. I have brought him into the room where my mother conceived me. As I close this broadcast today, I want to encourage you, talk to Jesus about everything. Tell him everything. Go back to the room where you were conceived. Go back to the beginning of your life. Go back to the beginning of your journey on this planet and open up to the Lord. Talk to him about everything. Share with him every trauma, every memory. Open your heart to him, beloved, so he truly becomes not only your best friend, but your true and only lover. On behalf of Father today and King Jesus, I want you to know that you are more loved than you could ever comprehend. And you're on a journey into discovering how cherished and how treasured you really are. He is the lover of your soul indeed. Beloved, if you've been watching Discovering the Jewish Jesus for a while, I hope you've noticed that when it comes to raising finances for the ministry so that we can continue to proclaim God's word around the world, I really strive to not manipulate and to be clean. So the truth is today, 
that it cost us a lot of money to be able to broadcast on television, YouTube, and all the other media outlets that we're releasing God's Word through, as well as the traveling that we do around the world. And I can't do it, beloved ones, without your continued help and financial support. This is the way God ordained it to be. John said in one of his letters that men that are preaching the truth are worthy of the support, the financial support of the church. So I want to thank you for sending me out. And I also want to encourage you, beloved, to know that when you support the gospel with your finances, there is a reward that will come back to you because everything that we sow into the kingdom comes back pressed down good measure and running over into our lap. Thank you for your love and your financial support. Here's how you can donate or become a monthly partner. Send your tax-deductible gift to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Or to give by credit card, visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com or call 1-800-777-7835 or text the keyword rabbi to 45777. To show our appreciation, we'll send you an audio CD and download of Rabbi's Message of the Month and our most recent newsletter. Your gift is bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to Israel and the world through television, internet, and crusade outreaches. Finally, many of us have honored God with our finances while living, but have we considered how we can honor the Lord with our finances when we pass on? For more information, click Will and Estate Gifts at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. In the book of Numbers, chapter 6, the Lord gave instructions to Moses and Aaron to speak this blessing over his people. And the Lord said, when you speak these words over my people, I will place my name on them and bless them. Receive the impartation of the Lord's blessings. Yavah Yahweh Panavelecha Vihunecha Isa Yahweh Panavelecha Veasem Lecha bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up by his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. Authentic, straightforward, and uncompromising. Find Discovering the Jewish Jesus on all your favorite social media outlets and stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. If two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. Let our prayer team pray for you. Send us your prayer request today by visiting our website or writing to the address on the screen. Our prayer team lifts up every individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. 
We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Next time on Discovering the Jewish Jesus, Rabbi explains what Solomon's couch has to do with the marriage supper of the Lamb. You won't want to miss this exciting episode.